0: Should we we pray as I start? Father, thank you. Thank you for your presence with us. Thank you, Lord, that you have stuff you want to say to us this morning. So give us hungry hearts. And I pray, Lord, that you would inhabit these words this morning. Give us ears to hear what you're saying to us as a fellowship. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, Can we start with our passage? Yay. I need my glasses. but each of you to the interests of others. I don't know about you, but I think this is one of those passages that's actually fairly clear and easy to understand. We sort of don't need to head off to the commentaries to kind of work out what this is saying. And when we read this, I think Paul leaves us in no doubt whatsoever about the importance of unity. And that's what we're talking about this morning. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. Do we have those things? Yeah, absolutely we do. And so and so what then? We're exhorted by Paul to, to make my joy complete. That's an extraordinary statement. It's absolutely on Paul's heart that we as believers live in unity, that we live as community, that we live as one body. It's a biblical principle that God desires for us to live in unity. And actually, here at St. Leonard's, we've had some really specific words over the last, I think it's probably about the last five years or so, About the call for us to walk in unity and especially for there to be unity in our worship. And in a way, whether, well, not in a way, just fundamentally, whether or not we feel happy about that call (laughs) is irrelevant. We, We cannot ignore it because God has spoken. And you know, even if we want to make excuses, oh, it's not for me, this is it's a biblical principle, and it's absolutely a command from the Lord. I'm sure you all know, Psalm 103, David wrote, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord. And he was sort of effectively commanding his soul and his emotions to bless the Lord. And his mind and his will. It wasn't the case of, oh, I don't really feel like it. So we can't say, oh, I don't feel like I want to live in unity because I don't agree with so-and-so. I heard Bill Johnson say this week that we're called believers, not feelers. I thought that was quite good. Because actually, if we believe this, and we want to live as God wants us to live, then we can't ignore the call to live in unity. And it is challenging, because we're all very different. All very different. We live fairly independent and disparate lives in this day and age. It's, it's the nature of our society today. Society is much less communal than it used to be. Families move apart. We don't live anywhere near any of our kids anymore. And in days gone by, that wasn't the case. And our culture, I would say, is actually hyper-individualistic. It really is. And I think... The, the problem that causes is that somehow as believers we find it more palatable when God speaks to us as an individual about, about my life than, than we do when God speaks to us as a whole fellowship and gives us a corporate word. Because somehow our inherent position, whether we're aware of it or not, is sort of me and Jesus before Jesus and our community. It's, just how, it's almost how we're raised these days. Not only that, we have different cultural backgrounds, don't we? Whether that's just the culture within our family, whether that's our cultural background, and of course we have vastly different tastes, all of us. Not just over things like food and TV and hobbies or whatever, but in terms of things like the sort of worship that we like, whether we like litur- liturgy, whether we like much more free form, whether we like a modern or a traditional form of service. And that's, that's when unity becomes more of a challenge to us, because we all have different ways of doing things. And those things can be too easy to fall out over. But fundamentally, this is actually a choice about whether we want to be obedient to what the Lord is saying to us or not. And just because we're all Christians doesn't actually mean that unity is a given, ...that it's just going to work anyway. Because it's actually a choice. It's actually a choice. We have to be very intentional about our unity. Not just assume that because we're, we all belong to Jesus... ...that unity is just going to happen anyway. And that the title for this morning is actually... ...Humility for Unity. Because real unity is only possible... ...when we choose to lay down our own agendas when we choose to lay down our own desires for the sake of the body. Paul says it beautifully, doesn't he? Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. It's a really challenging thing, that, and... And it can be very costly, but that doesn't mean we can ignore it. So I want to look at how we do unity. I think, first of all, it's important to say that unity is not uniformity. If we think it's uniformity, then that's a mistake. Being called to unity doesn't mean that God wants us all to be the same. How boring would that be? (laughs) Each of us is different and unique, and that's a really beautiful thing, and to be celebrated. And it enhances the body of Christ, because we all bring something different, and that's wonderful. Unity doesn't stifle, therefore, our creativity. It gives us parameters in which to operate, but it's, it's a very beautiful thing. It, it overcomes dissension, and actually, it should enable us to work together, and to worship together, it should enable us to embrace our differences and actually enhance the body of Christ. It gives us a common purpose and a common vision. Psalm 133, verse 1 says, How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down the beard, running down Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. Unity is really highly valued in the kingdom. It's a very, very precious thing. And it's something that we need to take seriously. And when God speaks to us, as he has about this, and as he does through scripture, it's to, it's to shape us, it's to call us into new places. And it's always for our good. It's always for our good. And so we should be encouraged that God is calling us to be intentional about our unity. It's a, it's a fantastic thing. And a couple of months back, I preached on unity at Encounter, and so I look back at a lot of the prophetic words that God has given to us over the last five years or so. And God has been speaking to us as a fellowship about the centrality of unity within the life of St. Leonard's. Our call to unity, it's not on the whim of the leadership. It really isn't. It's not a nice idea, it's not an option for those of us who are particularly keen. (laughs) And I genuinely believe that the Lord is commanding us to be in a place of unity with one another in order for us to see breakthrough in the battles that we're facing. And we know that there are many of those. And I believe as we, as we choose to be intentional about our unity, we will see the favor of the Lord as we move forward together. It's in God's nature. But if we don't heed what God is saying... We become hearers of the word and not doers. And I don't want to be in that place, you know? The very worst thing is to, to understand God's word, but not to act on it, because then we're being resistant to the Holy Spirit. Just like the Pharisees, actually. I read, I read this quote this week from A.W. Tozer. He said, Whenever you hear God's word, you will either go in the direction you are moved, or you will just wait. If you wait, you will find that the next time you hear the truth, it will not move you quite as much. The next time, it will move you less. And the time will come when that truth will not move you at all. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's so true. And to be honest, I have experienced that in my life. When I've somehow chosen not to be obedient to the call of God, in that moment, it, it dulls what we're hearing. And so we need to be really, I think we need to be really honest with ourselves and with what and with the Lord about whether we're walking in obedience to him or not. Are we trying to compromise because we don't actually like what he's saying? Because that kind of unity and worship is uncomfortable? Because if we are, I'm afraid to say it's actually rebellion. That, we can't call it anything else and that's that is a really dangerous place to be there's no neutral ground there's no sitting on the fence hoping that this season's going to pass because it's not we we either obey or we rebel end of and that's that is a massive challenge to us because one thing that church is not is a is a christian club where we go to feel happier for ourselves it's it's not Just for our moral improvement or spiritual improvement. If that's why we're going, if if I'm coming for me, I've got it wrong. Of course God wants to bless us and speak to us and challenge us and move us and encourage us. He, He always will. But church is not meant to be a comfortable place where I come to improve my life. It's a different emphasis. God's desire is that we live for him, not for ourselves. And so his words to us will pull us into a place where our lives glorify him. That's his intention. God's word's never been comfortable. If we're comfortable, then I think we need to examine our lives and say, okay, Lord, why am I not hearing where you're challenging me? Because none of us are perfect. We've all got places where God wants to change us and transform us. Because he loves us too much to leave us where we are. That's not to say we're supposed to feel uncomfortable all the time. Of course not. God wants to bless us. But he doesn't want us to be stagnant. He doesn't want us to be stationary and not moving forward. And I think that (laughs) Christianity, which is self-focused, is simply religion in the end. I I quoted this when I preached on unity a few weeks ago, but I think it's worth saying again. I I came across this. I I can't remember who said it, so I can't attribute it. It's not me, but it's just really good. The UK hasn't rejected true Christianity. It's rejected self-serving religion because that's all much of the church has been offering. It's It's a really telling statement. And I think so many people see the religiosity and they're not drawn in by the love of Jesus we want to draw our local community in because they see Jesus in us and they're attracted to that and so I think the Lord wants us to boot out religion at every possibility so if we we come to church for nice worship that makes us feel comfortable or somehow for a top up that means I'm coming for me and not for God. We come because we want to serve the Lord. It's it's all about him. Our worship is for him. We're here to give God the worship he likes, not the worship we like. And that's why we need to allow the Lord to speak into us as a community and allow him to shape us as a body in the way that he wants. Allow him to lead us into new places. And it's a challenge because, of course, we all have our own personal preferences. Of course we do. Some of us love modern worship. Some of us love the fantastic old hymns. Some of us like a church that looks like this with these pews. Some of us would prefer nice comfy seats. But actually, those things don't matter. The important thing is... That we come to worship together as one body, laying aside our preferences and choosing unity over what, what we want. I mean, if you think about the church as described in the book of Acts, you see a church consciously choosing unity within the body as a way of life. And that church was characterized by radical, fruitful repentance, by people genuinely desperate for God. Acutely aware of his holiness and their sinfulness. With a a real sense of urgency about sharing the gospel to those around them, to the lost. And there were daily salvations. And I think we've lost something of that. There There was a constant commitment to prayer. The believers walked in the incredible authority that actually we have as well there was a a beautiful reliance on the Holy Spirit. There was confidence in God's faithfulness, confidence in his provision. As soon as we go into fear about our finances, we've lost sight of God's faithfulness over provision. And our priorities need to be centered on him and not on ourselves, not on our fears and our hang-ups. And there was... I think in that early church there was a real interdependence whereas I think in our church and in our society that's in stark contrast to our independence and I, I really think we're not going to see the victories that we long for if we continue to put our own desires ahead of what God is calling that works here, it works locally and I think it works on a much bigger scale as well We need to see victory in our nation, don't we? We can no longer describe our nation as a Christian country. And I think God is looking for a people to hear his word, to agree with it, to agree with this stuff, and to live it out. A people who live by faith and not by experience. I mean, we are, by by nature, I think, experiential. We want to experience God, but we don't always want to obey his word and move with it. We want to feel that nice, blessed, fluffy feeling sometimes, don't we? (laughs) And that's great. But if it's only about the experience, it comes back to its being about me and not about us. And, I, and I've said this already, but I think we will see victory when we come into agreement with what God has spoken to us together. If you think about it, individual soldiers are not much use on their own. They're easily picked off. But an army moving together will take territory. And that's what we are. That's what we need to be. And so I think for some of us, this... I include myself. This requires a whole mindset change, actually, to to really get hold of and understand how important unity is. To hear and to declare and to move together as one body. Because we, God wants us to be a powerful a powerful people group in His kingdom. And so, if we want to take ground, we need to stop operating entirely as individuals. If we, if we focus on ourselves, if, if I focus on me and you focus on you, we'll go around in circles, we'll get annoyed with each other because we'll, our disagreements will come to the fore. We'll lose the sight of the common vision. And because we all have our different opinions, we'll end up somehow fighting each other rather than fighting the enemy. When we move together, doing doing nothing out of selfish ambition. And when it says nothing, it means nothing (laughs) out of selfish ambition or selfish motive. When we do that, we move in together behind God's word and we go into new places. We'll see new victories. We'll fight real battles with the real enemy. And so... When I say this is life and death stuff, I really mean this is life and death stuff. It's about the the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness. And when we obey the Lord, when we walk in obedience, we remain under his protection. And I don't want to be out from under that. When we disobey, we're in rebellion. And whether we like it or not, we will come out from under God's protection if we're in rebellion. God doesn't withdraw his covering, but we place ourselves outside of it if we're being disobedient. And that's, that's why we need to be part of a church. Church. Not just attending on a Sunday, but being one with the body in heart and soul agreement. And so in all of this, we need to remember that when we hear God, however difficult it is to receive what he's saying, and in a way it always will be because God's word will always challenge us and will always shape us in ways that maybe we don't want to be shaped. But we're called to obey his commands. Not suggestions, commands. We're called to discern what God is doing and move with him. Not to tell him what we're doing and ask him to move with us. We get that upside down so often. And that's, that's why unity is important. So that we live in agreement with one another. Because where there is agreement, the Lord will move in power. And sometimes when we pray and we don't see heaven move in the way that we might want, I think it's, it's sometimes because we are living independent, self-sufficient lives. And we're not hearing fully what God is saying because we're placing ourselves outside of that one body place. So that's our call. That is our call. To position ourselves in submission to God, both individually and corporately, and to come in obedience to his word to us. And his word to us is to worship in unity together. There's, there's never any place to say, yes, I love Jesus, but I'm going to do it my way. Those two things cannot go together, however challenging it is. And I've said, this, I've said this many times, but I believe this is really true, that the call on all of us, on every Christian on the planet, actually, is to be part of the body first and an individual second. It's very countercultural, but I, I really believe that we will see more of God's kingdom come when we choose obedience over and above personal preference, when we choose unity over me first. Amen.